Welcome to episode 1193 of The Sleeper in the Bust. I am Justin Mason, joined as always on Sundays by Jason Collette. How you doing, my friend? Hey, good. Mostly always. I know it's been a little uh, inconsistent for me, but some commitments, child graduation, vacation, um, different things like that. But here this week, and before we forget, won't be here next week because we both have yeah. different things next weekend. Uh, and so nothing next weekend, but it is heading into the All-Star break anyhow. Uh, but we can kind of talk a little bit about that as well as about what some things you can do during the All-Star break um, as well. Because it's a, with that short short scoring period, depending on your league rules, there's always some nice strategies to employ that week. Yeah, this is like the week uh, or well, next weekend will be the week for like, uh, I know in Tout Wars, we have a rule where like if you pick up a player, you have to start them. Uh, this is the week to stash people, or that is the weekend to or weekend to stash. Bingo, people, right? Like, that's exactly. So, <laughs> you know, if you're if you've been like, oh man, you know, I can't really afford to take a zero in a spot. Maybe you can in the shortened week. Uh, I like to take the week of uh, the All Star break off. Um, I literally go to a vacation every year uh, where there's very limited internet uh, and no cell phone uh, reception. So. Uh, that's how I'll be spending my all-star break. Uh, I cannot stand uh, the all-star game um, in the home run derbies. Pretty boring for me. So uh, I, I don't really care about that stuff. Yeah, I, I, I'm indifferent about tuning into it. Uh, so we'll see. I, I don't expect much of a home run derby unless they use some. I'm holding up a baseball for those guys watching the recording and gals. Uh, unless they use a, a, a different baseball for home on Derby. I'm, I don't know what to expect mm-hmm. in Seattle. I mean, ball doesn't really fly well there. Yeah. And I mean, it's not like they're, I mean, I, I've seen a little bit of the field. It's not like the prodigious power hitters that we've had necessarily in the past. Um, so I'll be interested to see how it goes. Hey, it's, it's hopefully a great day. Like, you know, Tampa Bay is playing in Seattle right now, and it's been beautiful weather. They've had the roof open yesterday. It was just, like, pristine. The one thing they were talking about, though, the way the shadows creep across for an afternoon game, uh, the shadows come in between the plate and the pitching mound towards the back part of the game, uh, and that's the same time the All-Star game is going to be in the play. So it's like, oh, great, here comes, you know, some pick-a-pitcher throwing throwing 100 uh, coming out of the shadows. Uh, that'll be fun. So it'll be curious to see how that – and maybe they shut it – at. You know, home run derby obviously is at night, but the All-Star game is supposed to be in the day, but maybe they keep the roof closed for that because of those shadows. Yeah, uh, that will that'll definitely be interesting. But we're not here to talk about the All-Star break. We are here to talk about uh, Fab this week. We've got a little bit of news and notes to cover before we jump into kind of a mediocre week of Fab. There's not a ton of pickups, uh, unless you're an NFBC. We'll talk about Jordan Westberg, who will be like the, the big pickup this week in NFBC, but ultimately, uh, in most people's leagues, uh, people probably already picked him up last weekend. Uh, let's start with Royce Lewis heading to the IL with an oblique strain. Are you dropping uh, Royce Lewis at this point? Typically, these injuries take about four to six weeks to come back from. Uh, he wasn't letting the world on fire to begin with. Uh, they did call up Jose Miranda, so what are your thoughts on Lewis, whether he's a hold for you right now, and then are you picking up Jose Miranda? Not a hold. Uh, he, you know, we are 51.2% done with the regular season. Uh, we had a lot of rainouts in June. Uh, there were fewer games played in June than July. So those games will be made up later. Uh, so we'll see some, but we are 
officially past the midway point of the season. Uh, and I, I can't afford to sit around and wait six plus weeks on an oblique injury, especially for a guy who could get hurt rehabbing from that injury. Mm-hmm. Um, so I move it on. I did have Miranda stashed in a couple of leagues. I traded for him in, in AL labor about a month ago. He was a throw into that deal. And now I get to activate him and uh, use him at my utility. Is hit seventh today. So they put him right into the lineup uh, with that, but I can't, I can't recommend just holding on to anything with obliques because of the time it takes to come back from that injury. And that's a little longer for pitchers than it is hitters, but those are always injuries you can react, uh, aggravate. And so, no, I'm moving on. Yeah, I'm, I'm moving on as well. I know a lot of people have spent a lot of fab on uh, race Lewis, but this is, you know, don't like fall into that sunk cost fallacy where you're like, Oh, I've got to keep him because I spent a bunch of money on him. Uh Chances are he's going to miss about six weeks, which is pretty close to half of the remaining season. And uh, this is an injury which people uh, kind of uh, re-aggravate all the time, and he could end up missing more time than that. So uh, move on from Royce Lewis uh, in in a lot of formats where you can't stash him on an IL. Uh, I'm not super interested in picking up Jose Miranda unless I really need batting average. Uh, He doesn't have a ton of power. He doesn't have any speed. Um, I don't know what the playing time situation is going to be like there for him. You know, he's not great defensively either. So uh, I I think unless you really need batting average, which is what he provides, he probably isn't going to move the needle a ton for people uh, in terms of uh, moving in the standing. So um, yeah, he can, I'm yeah, I'm talking, I was just really talking about mono leagues. I don't, I don't yeah. feel Miranda's mixed league viable right now. I mean, AL labor's 12 team. Uh, and so a 12 team AL, so I'm using him there, but there's a very good chance that, that Kyle Farmer could take over that playing time. I mean, yes, last year, last year, Miranda hit for batting average, just fine. This year he hasn't, he hasn't done it in the minors. He hasn't done it in the majors. I mean, he was at 255 down there, uh, in triple a St. Paul. Uh, so if you're right, just on the other side of the river, he wasn't even hitting well for an average down there. And so uh, he could lose that playing time to Kyle Farmer, who has already shown this year he can handle the hot corner um, and you know has showed what his offense is capable of. He's currently one of the three players. You look at our depth charts, he's one of the three players uh, in platoons where uh, Edward uh, Julian and Max Kepler and Joey Gallo are playing against righties. And then uh, Farmer and Solano and Taylor were playing against the lefties. Uh so I guess it's Miranda's job to lose today, but Miranda's in there today um, versus Cole Urban uh, playing right now as we are recording this. So uh, he, he made the lineup today instead of Farmer. So uh, maybe we'll see what, what happens. Yeah, I mean, he had a, in his uh, at-bat in the second inning, he had the ball pretty far, but in Camden nowadays with that wall being out where it is, uh, pretty far is not far enough. So uh, it was a, uh, a fly ball that ended up getting caught. But, uh, you know, maybe. I hate that part. I hate the way yeah. they've changed that part. I mean, it was absurd I, how it used to be, but it's really bad now. Yeah, they, I mean, they, prob- the, the, they probably should have put it somewhere in the middle of where they ended up yeah. doing it. But uh, it does help pitchers, you know, my Tyler Wells. Well, it's helped them. It, yeah. <laughs> so. No doubt it's helped them. Kyle Bradish and, uh, and, uh, and Tyler Wells have benefited from that part. Uh, and they're on a few of my fantasy teams, so I'm okay with it. Um, Shane McClanahan goes to the IL with a back issue. Uh, I mean, this isn't super surprising. I think we talked about, you know, he had uh, he had injured himself last week. 
Uh, we were a little bit worried about what this could mean because we didn't really have a ton of information on it. Uh, how worried are you on this back issue? Or do you think this is kind of like, hey, all-star break's coming anyways. Why don't we make sure you're right before for the second half? Bingo. He's going to miss one start. Uh, the way I look at it. So I watched the game on Friday night. What I was encouraged with is the velocity was there. And that's what got him out of the first game was, you know, he was, his velocity was down and that's why they came and took him out of the game. In this game, the velocity never suffered. What did suffer was <laughs> his command. His fastball command was not good. It wasn't like he was overthrown, but it just, as somebody who never misses one of his starts, he didn't look good. Uh, and that for his command, uh, the changeup, which is normally a great weapon for him, he really, you know, the ones he threw because the 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 Mariners were really dialed in on the fastball because the 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 curveball just was not there when anything he was throwing breaking pitch uh, was really having trouble locating it. And I don't recall the only swing I do recall is the one Tom Murphy hit by four hundred feet. Uh, so that's the only one I remember swinging a breaking ball. So Seattle was up there going. I'm I'm looking fastball, and if I miss the changeup, I miss the changeup. I'm also looking to take the fastball the other way. They have like just hit a bunch of opposite field hits in this series, uh, too. So that's that's where I am with that. You know, you and I were joking off air. You know, yeah, they're running out of pitchers, uh, and you know this is not the week to run out of pitchers because <laughs> Philadelphia and Atlanta are coming to Tropicana Field this week, heading into the break, and both of those teams are just punishing offenses right now. Uh, and so I don't know what they're, you know, you know they don't have anything. I, I, it's, I could see multiple opener games and trying to throw arms unless they've got some acquisition they're looking to make like today uh, to get something. I don't know what they're going to do heading into the break to cover this because there's not really, you know, they may have to call up Chris. I, uh, no, it's not the name I'm thinking of, but I, I'm drawing a blank on the name, the Criswell. Um that's the other guy that's on the 40 man roster or Josh Fleming. It's going to have to be like that. And it's, you know, this was already going to be a tough matchup. Not like you would have benched McClanahan against uh, in any start, uh, but this was going to be a rough week. And, and the only reason why I think they're going to have to do something else is because it's going to be a rough week. I could see them making a few moves uh, from Durham. Like, and that's kind of why I'm wearing the Durham hat today. Uh, you know, hey, we need you to come on because it could be, it could be a long week for the bullpen heading into the all-star break where they know these guys are going to get the, some days off anyhow, but that still doesn't change what you can do in day-to-day -day usage. Like you can't go out there and say you threw 25 yesterday. I need another 25 from you today. You know, and I need another 20 from you the next day. It's, it's going to be a rough week. Uh, if you're a fan of my favorite team. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what you guys are going to be interesting to see. Uh, but, you know, hopefully this isn't doesn't linger into anything longer for uh, McLeanian because he has been amazing all season long. This um, is the all-star game. That's a, that's the a sucky part for him. Yeah. Pitch that again. Hopefully it doesn't derail his Cy Young chances like it, you know, like it did two years ago. Who am I thinking? Somebody was Last on the case year. for Cy Young. Who am I thinking of that was like was just cruising and then. Oh, um, I I'm playing. Him, man. Old age sucks. I mean, he, I mean, he was last year until he got hurt in August when he had the shoulder. Yes, too. that's what I was thinking um, of. Okay, so. it was just him. Yes. All right. Uh, Juwan Bay goes to the IL. Uh, so, I mean, obviously, in in a lot of formats, he he might be a drop in in your shallower leagues. But that, this brings Brian Reynolds back from the IL. Uh, 
any thoughts on either of these moves? I have both in XFL, so it was like a whoop, quick switch mm-hmm. uh, moving them in there. So that worked out well. I just got back one, lose the other. And, you know, Bay has been nice, obviously, when you look at the surprising amount of stolen bases that he's been able yeah. to uh, contribute. But, you know, he was he was terrible in June. Um, he had five stolen bases, but he had a buck fifty nine. He was only in my lineup to cover another injury uh, that I that I was dealing with. So the stolen bases, 15 of the 20 came before June 1st, uh, and he is. 10 for 65 since the start of June 1st. So you've been carrying him for those deals at a cost. Uh, and yeah. now you get to, you know, wait, reevaluate. Hopefully you have a DL stash type of thing, but you can reevaluate things with him. But that's not pretty. Yeah, he's been kind of a frustrating guy uh, this season just because, uh, like, I, I he's never known when to use him, right? Like, you know, you put him on your bench, he has a you know hot week, steals a bunch of bases, you put him in your lineup, he uh goes cold and and you know doesn't steal very many bases. And so it's it's been a little bit frustrating. Uh I'm probably dropping him in, Yeah, I'm dropping in probably ten or twelve team leagues. So uh I understand if uh if you are as well. Uh last thing on the uh, or actually we've got uh, two more things on the docket. Arolas Chapman was traded to the Rangers. Um, any chance he becomes the closer in Texas, or is he just firmly kind of depth behind Will Smith? So Texas has had his problems in the bullpen uh, overall. Uh, Will Smith has pro- uh, provided his stump stability. Uh, I also don't know how they can consider Aroldis Chapman in the closer role, given that he's walking six guys per nine innings. Uh, that's yeah. just not a nice number for Closers, you just can't, you can't. I mean, this is all the same things when Kimbrell was going through his issues. There's no way you can deal with that kind of inconsistency. It's like, yeah, it's 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 the right move. They needed to go get him. Uh, yeah, I know that Paul was high on Cole uh, Reagan's coming into the season, and so it was a nice move for, uh, for the Royals to pick up Chapman as they uh, for what they got. Uh, so I, I like that part of the trade. I just don't see this changing Chapman's fantasy value. Uh, but this is what I've I've been saying for months now. Yeah, the velocity's back with him, but everything else that we hated about Chapman is still there in spades. Uh, the the walks is we're talking since twenty twenty one. His walk rate's like five point seven percent or five point seven per nine innings. Not even percent. I'm sorry, it's a double digit percentage number. No, uh, you know I'm as much as my favorite team needs help. I'm glad that uh, not dealing with that that they didn't go in that direction. So. Uh, no, ultimately, I think this is a lateral move for him. But if you were holding on to Chapman, thinking that he was going to get traded into a closer role, uh, I think you were wish casting that one. Yeah, I, I, at this point, I think he's, uh, you know, maybe a backup for Will Smith. But I also think that the Rangers probably aren't done adding to this bullpen. Um, <laughs> you know, they're competitive. The one, one of the main spots they can really improve is in the bullpen. So uh, I'd be very, very surprised if they don't make another move at the deadline. Uh, so. He's now Amir Garrett. I mean, Amir Garrett was yeah. the second hard-throwing lefty in the bullpen, uh, and uh, Roldis Chapman is now Amir Garrett. He is the second lefty in that bullpen. Yeah. Uh, or at least he uh, to be even more. Well, yeah, Brock Burke. Yeah, he's, he's just another lefty in that bullpen. Yep, I agree. Uh, Carlos Rodon had a rehab assignment through, uh, 
three point or uh, three and two thirds uh, innings uh, went well. It wasn't high A, but uh, are you picking up Carlos Rodon and stashing him? If I can't imagine anybody's dropped him, but if someone has dropped him, are you stashing him right now? Yeah, I would. I would. Uh, you know, he was. I, maybe somebody has it in a 12. Uh, I have him in a 50 team, uh, 50 draft and hold. Uh, so I have mm-hmm. him there and haven't been able to use it. Uh, so I'm like, sweet. He is going in my lineup. This is what I'm talking about. Finally. Uh, somehow, somehow I'm still second place in that league despite losing him. And I don't have any other pitchers. Like I was running, I, I was going through the list of how many dudes I've lost in that. In that. I was like, oh, I got to make a lineup switch. Who can I put in? Oops, I don't have anybody. So yeah, I've got I've got Rodon in this lineup, but if I were to swap him out, these are the the only healthy pitcher I have left in this team in this league is Chris Martin. Merrill Kelly, Jose Leclerc, Jake Odorizzi, Dylan Lee, Davis Martin, Garrett Clevenger, and Robbie Ray. So I'm in second place in a league where Robbie Ray and Carlos Rodon were my first two pitchers drafted. Uh, and I have had a total of 1.2 innings from those guys. <laughs> So that's the that's the craziness. So I was pretty excited to get uh, Rodon back, but I would also say, you know, I feel like I'm going to throw up in my mouth a little bit here. You know, kudos to the Yankees for still having a winning record despite not yeah. getting anything for him yet. And Aaron Judge's current situation, like the fact that they haven't completely gone in the tank, you got to give them kudos. Ugh. Uh, all right, got that off my chest. Uh, but yes, I'm I'm rather excited to see Carlos Rodon do something uh, because yeah, you know, it, it's fun when he's when he's good, and it just stinks how he got hurt right out of the gate. And yeah, I I'm I'm being selfish. I need it for this team. I would love to win this league, uh, and him being on my bench all year uh, has not helped. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty amazing that the Yankees have, you know, the record that they do. Currently, they're 46 and 37 entering uh, Sunday, uh, considering they lost Carlos Rodon before the start of the season. They lost uh, Frankie Montas before the start of the season. Uh, Aaron Judge has been, you know, in and out of their lineup uh, all season. I mean, they're currently currently right now. They've got the corpse of Giancarlo Stanton batting cleanup. Jake Bowers, Billy McKinney. Like, if you had told me that Jake Bowers and Billy McKinney were going to play big roles on this Yankees team this year, um, I, I would have told you they were easily the worst team in that division. Oh, throw in um, Willie Calhoun too. Don't forget that. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it, it has not been pretty uh, for them. So. Uh, yeah, kudos to them for uh, being – and Nestor Cortez, I forgot, he, he's been on the IL for quite a while. I believe he just had uh, his first re- – or no, no, he uh, he's he's about to start a rehab with them, I believe. He just started pitching off a mound. So uh, hopefully they can get him back because I've got some teams with him on there. Uh, all right, that uh, covers all the news and kind of notes uh, that we had coming into Sunday. Uh, let's talk about some fab. The big one in NFBC is going to be Jordan Westberg. Like I said at the top – uh, a lot of leagues of, uh, where you can pick up guys who have not debuted uh, yet uh, have already picked him up. So for them, they'll just have to hear kind of our thoughts on Westberg kind of moving forward. But how aggressive would you be in fab on Westberg in leagues where he's still available? So you know, I'll say this. When you sent the list of guys over, I thought we were back to playing the game of reliever or politician. Because <laughs> yeah. a lot of these, you, you, met, you said earlier that, you know, it's kind of a light list. You, you're you not joking. It's like, it's so yeah. top heavy. And this is why it's top heavy. 
Um, that's the that's the crazy part. You look at the names. I'm like, I think that guy's my my local congressperson. I don't think that's a real player. And so I thought we were there. So with you know with Jordan Westbrook, obviously that we know what, what all the pedigree is uh, with him. The fact that he's he's got you know he's been raking for a bat. It seems like every other ball he's putting in play is going for a hit uh, right now. And you you always love even if it's early on when a guy is walking as much as he's striking out, I don't care what that sample size is. Yeah. The fact that they're not coming up and just uh, getting about. So pedigree wise, I'm, you know, you know what you're getting into, but one of the, the only, honestly, the only reservation I have with him is where he's going to hit in the lineup. So far he has been up for the week and he's hit seventh or eighth while playing second or third base. Uh, and yeah, that's, it's a, it's a good lineup, but when you're hitting that far down in the lineup, and you've got sometimes Anthony Ben Boom as the hitter behind you. Uh, how many times, you know, how are you, how many times are you going to score? So that's kind of my, my only reservation with him is that he's hitting in the bottom of the lineup, but honestly, no chance of moving up in the near future unless somehow like Ryan O'Hearn, if you would have told me Ryan O'Hearn was going to hit cleanup at any point for any team at this season back in March, I would have laughed at you, but here he is hitting cleanup three of the last four days for Baltimore. Uh, because he's getting the job done there. But if that comes up, then maybe Westberg can elevate itself, uh, elevate himself in the lineup. But, you know, Aaron Hicks has also found new life in Baltimore, uh, which is also putting him, you know, his skills are sitting there in the lineup, and he's been hitting fourth, fifth, or seventh uh, in these situations. When he hits seventh, Westberg's hitting eighth. So that's that kind of sums up things. I like him a lot. I just don't like the fact that he's in the bottom third of the lineup. That that you know those plate appearances, not getting those four to five plate or you know he's going to get four, but something not getting the five like some of those other guys do. Those add up over the course of a back half of the season. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing, especially in a park uh, as Carl Farmer goes to the warning track in in Camden, which is unfortunate <laughs> for Carl Farmer. Um, I've been gone in twenty nine other parks. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So uh, here's the thing with Westberg. I like him as a prospect, but I also don't think he necessarily has like a carrying tool in fantasy, uh, which means like he doesn't have a like prodigious power. He doesn't have a ton of speed. Um, you know, I don't know that he's going to hit for an extremely high average. And so for him, in order for him to be viable, especially in your shallower mixed leagues, like he needs to actually get a lot of volume. And so hitting seventh, eighth, it's kind of an issue for him. And I think people are going to go pretty crazy tonight in NFBC uh, bidding on him. And I'm just not going to be able to do that. Like, it's just, you know, this is going to be like the Gavin Williams situation, I think, last week where uh, I was kind of tepid on him in terms of how much I'd be willing to spend, which means I wasn't going to get him. And I don't think I'm going to end up with uh, very much, if any, uh, Jordan Westbrook. I just don't know that he has the caring tool in fantasy to be super impactful rest of the way. So, uh, and hitting seven or eighth in that lineup in that park where it saps, you know, some of that power uh, because those fences have been moved back. Uh, I think are a big issue. So I wouldn't go overboard on Jordan Westberg. I know a lot of people will, uh, but that's just kind of my opinion. Uh, By the way, Kopech is not starting today. I don't remember oh. if we were talking about that before he went on air, but he is being pushed back mm. due to rest. That's unfortunate for me. Um, all right. Oh, well. Took the, took the seven-watt game uh, to my ledger, and then I don't get a start against Oakland. So uh, I don't I don't know who he screwed over uh, in the organization to let them. But, but it's the organization is such a 
train wreck. I mean, I was looking at my latest article at, at Rotowire. I was looking at the, you know hitters, like looking at the trading market just for hitters and looking at expiring contracts or, or uh, teams with uh, player control. And when I looked at Chicago, they've got Grandal and Andrus as UFAs, and then they've got Tim Anderson with a club option. Tim Anderson clearly doesn't want to stick around. Uh, and Grandal and Andrus. Did you Andrew see his like, grand slam yesterday? No, I didn't. So Tim Anderson hit a grand slam, and then it was overturned on review. Oh, it was, no. It would have been his first home run of the season. Um, they called it, they called it fair and then it was challenged and overturned. Oh my God. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, he, like it, it was like the biggest Charlie Brown trying to kick a football moment for fantasy managers have been waiting on that first home run from Tim <laughs> Anderson, get a grand slam out of it. People are going crazy in all my group chats. And then a couple minutes later, it's overturned. So, um, Yeah. Uh, the next guy on the uh, on the ledger here is Dominic Fletcher. Uh, you may remember him as the guy who came up. No one had any clue who he was. Uh, was hot for a little bit, hit 306, uh, and then got sent promptly back down to the minor leagues. Uh, any interest in Dom Fletcher, who's hit 325, 417, 497, with three home runs, two stolen bases in AAA this year? Uh, uh, LOL. LOL. Uh... Yeah, it's, it's, this was like, this is my local congressperson. I think this is, mm-hmm. uh, but in all seriousness, you, uh, there was uh, Eric Longenhagen just did the Arizona uh, prospect thing. It just ran about mm-hmm. 10 days ago. And there's a nice piece in there. It talks about, uh, it talks about uh, Fletcher and how he is a, a mighty might type of guy. Uh, and how he is like he mentions in the article is like he's got his arms are much bigger than somebody who should be five nine. And all I could think of was like Earl Stroman, Marcus's dad. If you've ever seen him, you know what I'm talking about uh, with that. But he does said doesn't have one particular carrying skill uh, with it, but he does a lot of things well. Uh, and you look at what he's been able to do as a hitter in the minor leagues, and he has done a lot of things. He gets on base, hits for average. Doesn't hit for power despite the big guns. Uh, hasn't had a lot of stolen bases. So for fantasy pr- uh, purposes, this could be runs and this could be batting average. And anything else comes, you know, take it for what you uh, take it uh, for whatever you get out of it. But I don't know what's gonna what could come out of that. Yeah, I mean, this is very similar to what I was just talking about with Jordan Westberg in terms of. In order for Fletcher to have fantasy value, he has to play every day, and he really needs to hit towards the top of the lineup. I don't think he's going to do either. So, unfortunately, I think there are going to be people who pick up Dominic Fletcher uh, this weekend, but I don't know that he's going to have a big enough impact. That outfield is loaded. Uh, Corbin Carroll will be back at some point. I think as soon as he's back, I think Fletcher could end up going back down. So, uh, no real interest for me in Dominic Fletcher this weekend. Uh, We're going to be saying that probably a fair amount on this episode uh, because then we move into a guy who definitely (laughs) could be your uh, congressman, and that's Blake Perkins, uh, who has been called up by the Cubs, uh, first baseman, third baseman kind of type. Any interest in Blake – or sorry, up by the uh, the Brewers, um, outfielder type. I, I, I'm actually confusing him with a different guy. I got called up and he didn't put on the list. Uh, any interest in Blake Perkins, outfielder, uh, who's actually playing a fair amount right now? 
he's played every day. He now here's the thing: he hit first in his first game, and then he's been eight, seven, five, eight, eight, seven, eight, five. So the good news is, is they're playing him every day. Uh, the bad news is, is there's not much here. I mean, he has been when I when I was looking through him uh, outside of his congressional voting record, the Nationals, the Royals. The Royal, the Yankees, and Milwaukee. We're talking about the fourth organization, and he's had some seasons where he's done some running, uh, and mm-hmm. then this year has not been one of those. Uh, and so the numbers have kind of been just looking at what we see here. My guess is that defensive value. I have never seen this guy play. I got to be completely transparent. I've never seen him, but nothing off this page is jumping at me. But the fact that he's in the lineup every day means I have to at least consider him and put him in my waterfall option in like a, uh, a maybe a 15-team league or if you're a, obviously a 12-team NL, even a 10-team NL, if the guy's playing every day, he's got to be somebody you consider because you're probably carrying somebody in your lineup who's on a short side of a platoon or even in a platoon and is only playing and maybe is stacked against the wrong matchups this week. Yeah, I mean, he's a pretty good defender, um, but other than that, like, there is speed in the profile, but like you said, he just hasn't utilized it a ton. Uh, again, I, I don't know that he's super, super interesting, but this is kind of the week we've got. The guy I was confusing him for was Jared Young, who was a 28-year-old first baseman called up by the Cubs. Uh, but I was I ended up not even putting him on the list because uh, in spite of the fact that he had 13 home runs in 210 plate appearances in AAA, I, I mean, I just don't know that he's... I mean, I guess he could get some playing time and, and maybe maybe on a strong side of platoon, but uh, deepest of deep leagues, if you're if you're looking for someone, Jared Young might be the guy uh, in NL only that makes sense for you. Uh, <clears throat> Matt Veerling, though, he's a guy that might have some interest. He's uh, actually played fairly well as of late. Any interest in Matt Veerling? Uh, yes, I would take a chance on Veerling if I'm in a league where I'm looking for just volume. He's, you know, he's got some, has some decent pop, has some decent speed with things. And he's been in the lineup five of six days, uh, five of the last six days. And he's hit lead off in four of those games. Uh, yes, please. Yes, please. Yeah. He's kind of taking over a little bit, uh, the leadoff spot for uh, Zach McKinstry, who until last night had just gone completely ice cold, uh, went off last night, but, uh, Veerling, I think, is one of those guys that, he, again, doesn't have necessarily a carrying tool in fantasy. But if he's leading off and playing more days than he's not, he does he does start to become a little bit more interesting, especially in 15-team leagues. But even in some 12-team leagues where like you maybe need some run scored, uh, need a little speed, maybe a little pop, he can do a little bit of everything. And if he's leading off, that makes him a lot more interesting. So uh, Veerling's a guy that I would target in Fab if you are kind of looking to fill that fifth outfielder spot. Uh, last hitter on the docket, Bryce Terang, uh, recalled Luis uh, Urias got sent down to the minor leagues because he was struggling so bad. Uh, Terang is, uh, hit well, uh, at times, uh, in the minors. Um, and we know he's a pretty good defender. Uh, there's a little bit of pop, but uh, a fair amount of speed. Any interest in, uh, Bryce Terang in his second go around? He's been playing every day since he's got called up six or seven. So he's been out there every single day. Like you said, if I'm looking for speed, then it's something I have to consider. I mean, he has, you know, he has 11 steals this year, but he kept coming off the season. We're getting 34 in AAA. So uh, if Milwaukee will put him in motion, then yes, 
but this could be also be a very quick cut for you if he comes back up uh, and looks completely overmatched again. I mean, we're talking he has almost 200 plate appearances this season in, in the majors and uh, a 54 WRC+. plus. So if you are hurting for speed, you know, I think, Justin, were we talking earlier off air, like you have one of these teams that you have a lot of speed and you need power or vice versa. It's like in that kind of thing, you may want to take it and see what happens and, and try to build your speed from there. But otherwise, like he's a good if, if you have stolen base needs, Veerling is a better target. And then Terang is like part of your waterfall on that. Yeah, unfortunately for me, like almost all my leagues, I need power. I don't really need speed. Like I, I, I have plenty of speed, uh, and no one hey, will trade. There's plenty me. of speed around the league. I, I tweeted this out this morning. We're fifty-one point two percent of the way on the uh, through the season, and we're looking at over thirty-five hundred stolen bases when it's all said and done. Uh, the league stole two thousand four hundred eighty-six last year. I mean, so we're talking about a forty-two percent increase um, in stolen bases. Uh, my when it's all said and done this year, which I you know, even the most aggressive. I remember predicting three thousand three hundred and two stolen bases in one of the articles I wrote up. I, you know, ran up by Derek, who's the smartest number dudes I know, and Derek was like, "I'll take just the under on that." And it's like, looks like we both missed by two hundred steals. If if things continue to do what they are, and the league shows no signs of slowing down, I mean, hell, Jose Ramirez stole home there today on a straight steal mm-hmm. of it because the pitcher wasn't paying enough attention to him. So it's yeah we're we're seeing it and this is why we're seeing games like nineteen to four and fourteen to five. There's just more runners in scoring position and the teams are, are they can see the ability to take these bases and they're doing it. Yeah, they are. Uh, next guy is Daniel Hudson. This is an interesting one. Daniel Hudson was the guy that I was kind of targeting as the main closer, main ninth inning option in Los Angeles prior to draft season. Uh, And then he got hurt and he has been hurt ever since. Uh, But he is now back, had a good first outing, 14 pitch outing uh, when he was activated on Friday. Can Daniel Hudson regain the closer role in Los Angeles where they've been pretty much going by committee led by Evan Phillips? And that's the thing. I mean, they've just kind of been rolling through Hudson was phenomenal when they got him last year. His numbers last year were absolutely phenomenal in that capacity. And they used him to get five saves, two wins. But from the skills perspective, the numbers were fantastic. The velocity was everything looked great. And and then this year got hurt. Uh, So we will see. And he, you know, like I said, just made it back. So uh, now early on, I'm noticing that his fastball velocity was 95 and a half where he was sitting 97 one. So let's see how that comes back. But, yeah, again, there's no nobody nailed down here full time. This would be I would consider this like a trade acquisition for them. You know, when they're looking at what they've been going through at this point, maybe they don't. And and to be clear, there's not many options out there. There's there's not unless you want to go get Scott Barlow uh, and Kansas City may have a high asking price, but there really aren't that many options for them with Liam Hendricks uh, injured again. Uh, that takes him off the market for that because White Sox would have been smart to go ahead and, and try to trade him. If, if Boston wants to say, okay, hey, you know, Kenley Jansen's a free agent after next season. Let's go ahead and test the market and try to trade him. Maybe the Dodgers go back there. Um, but other than that, Trevor May, I mean, this and Trevor May has picked up a handful of saves for, for Oakland. But when I was looking through this two weeks ago, it's like, what are you going to do? 
what what are we doing here? Uh, there's just not a lot of options for bullpen help. So you're looking to build it, uh, small pieces. Uh, and this this really serves like a trade acquisition for them. And if he shows that he can work, I think the only thing we need to see is how can he work back-to-back nights uh, type of yeah. thing before. Otherwise, he just becomes another name in the committee. Yeah, I do wonder. I mean, like, would a team like the Nationals look to move like Hunter Harvey or uh, Finnegan? Um, yes, you know, but <laughs> they should. <laughs> it, it's they're not like there's not the impact guys uh, that we're kind of used to. I think the other question is Josh Hader is a free agent, and the Padres are eleven and a half games back of the uh, of the Diamondbacks right now. Are they going to end up being sellers? I mean, they were kind of favorites to like compete in that division and in the National League. Clearly, uh, they have put themselves in a pretty big hole because they're eight games back of the Giants who are in third place in the division. So, uh, like, I, I wonder if Hater becomes an uh, an option for uh, teams looking to make deals. Though that, I don't know that's that the, the crazy thing about it. I mean, the Padres' playoff odds, as we as I'm looking at the the standings, are 24. percent That's yeah. that's where they're saying just to make the playoffs to win the division. That's like a pipe dream. Three percent clinch mm-hmm. wild card. Twenty one percent make playoffs. Twenty three percent. That's where I'm just like, I don't see it. Uh, they, I mean, they need a Cincinnati-type winning streak to get this moving. Mm-hmm. So I think there's going to be a lot of come-to-Jesus moments during the All-Star break where these front officers are sitting down and saying, okay, you know, put the blue light special on for all the old folks. Remember the Kmart blue light special? Stick that out there. It's time to sell uh, and, and go that. And so that was certainly, you know, I forgot that his contract status, uh, that would move the needle uh, if he were available. But that said, into a final year of a deal, there's only so much. It's a game of chicken. Uh, it's just like, yeah. fine, you, you, I want this. No, I mean, yeah, a few years ago, um, I could see stupid. I can see his face and everything. I'm drawing a blank. The Yankees GM, uh, Cashman. Brian Cashman, Cashman was yeah. able to get was able to get Glaber Torres for a Roldis Chapman, and then go sign a Roldis Chapman after that. So it's like that's the kind of thing you'll you'll hear is well, hey, they were able to get Glaber Torres from the Cubs and it won on the World Series. So, you know, why can't they go get this guy from that team or this guy? Why can't they go get you not know, the Orioles need him, but like why can't they get Jordan Westberg uh for a Josh Hader? As it, like I said, if the Orioles as if they needed another guy like that at the back end of their bullpen. Uh, so we'll see where 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 it goes, but certainly between that, because the Padres certainly don't have when I looked at the hitting side of things, it's like, eh. When I looked at their contract situation uh, in the article that I recently published, um, their hitting side was not – oh, Padres, where'd you go? Here we go. Nelson Cruz, Gary Sanchez, Ruben Odor, and Matt Carpenter. Those are either their unrestricted free agents or player options that are not going to be exercised. That's it. So it's – you know, if they're not going to be a contending team, then I guess it all has to come down to – that i guess the other team now that i'm looking at it that might be uh able to trade a closer uh is the mets i mean the mets are 18 and a half games back in the division uh and they're 10 and a half games back of the second place marlins uh in that division which is a weird thing to say uh david robertson 
there's a yeah. cheap little closing option, uh, or even Adam Modavino, uh, who's you know a guy that could get mid-range. all bit rolls. I mean, honestly, when I looked at when I look at the Mets, the guy I'm focused on is not even pitching; it's hitting. It's Tommy Pham. Tommy Pham's been raking uh, here over the last four to five weeks, and you know now that it's becoming fantasy football season, you obviously want him in your league. So that's <laughs> you know, yeah, we'll have to get that moving on. But Tommy Pham, in all seriousness, has been raking. And you know, this is where, like, if they if they were to trade Tommy Pham, who is in his walk year, then that opens up the playing time for Mark Vientos. And so that's you know that's something else you could consider as we were talking for that short stash next week. If somebody is cut, if somebody is mm-hmm. cut Vientos, and you have to do something, you know, that's something to consider. But for me on the hitting side, it it comes down to it comes down to Tommy Pham, Andrew McCutcheon, and uh, who's the other name I was drawing a blank on? Uh, there's three guys. Andrew McCutcheon, Tommy Pham, and uh, Heimer Candelario. Those are the three names mm-hmm. I see on the hitting side that could make a difference in multiple lineups right now. The only thing is, outside of the fan for Vientos, I don't see how what playing time that's going to clear up for anybody else. It's like, oh, hey, this guy got traded, so let me jump over here. I mean, if yeah. Candelario gets traded, well, what does that open up third base for the Nationals? Um, but I could see Carter Keeboom, baby. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I could see Candelario as a nice fit in Miami. Could see him as a nice fit in Milwaukee. I mean, they're playing Brian Anderson there at third base, who is better used in a platoon situation than he is full time, and that's why you're seeing Brian Anderson's numbers come down this year. But Candelario would be a great fit there. Cleveland always looking for on base skill um, because it's too much single stuff. They could use McCutcheon. They could use Fam. Uh, Minnesota could do the same type of thing. So I, I'm that's kind of where I'm focused on the hitting. But I believe this trade deadline is going to be more about pitching than anything else. And like you said, uh, you know, Hater, if, if the Padres, Padres kind of hold the to the king here because I also have Blake Snell's contract situation to uh, to mm-hmm. look at. And I believe Blake Snell is a free agent after this season if I if I have this right. Uh, and so there's two of the biggest names you could have out there. Uh, as uh, on the market. But other than that, I really do expect it to be a quiet trade market because so many teams are still hanging around the periphery of these races and these two terrible central divisions are part of that. Snell is a free agent at the end of the season. So uh, that could be a really interesting name if the Padres do decide to sell. Uh, Well, like I said, I think they need a pretty big winning streak here coming out of the break in order for them to uh, really uh, make some hay in the NL West, considering yeah. how st- stacked it is at the top with the uh, the Dodgers, the Diamondbacks, and the Giants right now. Uh, next guy on the docket is a Giants pitcher. Uh, Alex Wood going to get the Rockies at home this week, so I think he's going to be a popular stream pickup. Any interest in Alex Wood? Yeah, that, and that's what it is right there. The Rockies, uh, the Rockies on the road. Uh, you know, Looking at their lineup, that situation uh, – trying to tie in some of that future stuff. When you look at their contract situations, they've got Charlie Blackman, Randall Gritchuk, CJ Crone, and Jerickson Profar all as unrestricted free agents. Uh, you know, Crone, normally we're like, oh, cool, he's at Coors, this helps. Well, that hasn't really been the case this year uh, too much, but he's been dinged up. But all four of those guys could be on the move, and I only bring this up because maybe that opens up the Michael Toglia playing time if one mm-hmm. or more of those guys move out. So I wanted to bring that into play, but the, the Rockies are already a bad team and it could get a lot worse in a hurry if they start moving all these guys and calling up some of these other guys uh, that they have in the system. Uh, I agree. I, I think, you know, anytime you get the Rockies who are on the road, uh, I'm, I'm willing to attack them. Alex Wood, decent pickup this week. 
Uh, Mike Soroka came back, had a decent start uh, versus the Marlins, really got overshadowed by just the amount of home runs uh, that the Braves put up on on Miami. Uh, any interest in Mike Soroka? He has a pretty good start uh, this week, I believe, against uh, at Cleveland. Yeah, th- there it is. I mean, at Cleveland, yeah, because the the one problem Soroka has is the is the home run. It's always been there. Cleveland doesn't hit them for the most part. So, yay. Uh, and you have to almost, you know, as somebody who's in two different leagues where I'm just hurting for wins, I can't buy them. Mm-hmm. I'm taking anybody Atlanta puts on the mound and just hoping they get me five innings that'll win because that offense, I saw a stat this morning, they've had more five-run first innings in the last two weeks than any other team has had all season. It's like they're in they're in a massive heater right now. It's obviously getting really hot in Atlanta weather-wise. Ball's traveling more now. So I'm just, you know, they could bring Rick Camp or Bob Walk out of retirement and put him on the mound. I'm going to try to get, yeah, try to roster that pitcher and get wins out of him. And understanding that it may hurt everything else. Like I uh, the other day I mentioned, I finally got a win out of Lance Lynn. What did it cost me? My ratios. I mean, he got blown up, but he got a win. Uh, and I needed that win more than I needed the ratios. Uh, well, if you're interested in Atlanta pitchers and you don't care about your ratios, Colby Allard has returned, a former pitching prospect. Uh, he had a pretty good start in his first start back. Uh, didn't factor into the decision because he only went four and two-thirds, but he uh, struck out eight, allowed three hits, one walk uh, in four and two-thirds scoreless innings. Any interest in Allard against the same Cleveland team in Cleveland? Same thing I just said about Soroka. I'm applying to Kobe Allard. Same exact you know, he pitches for Atlanta, he passes the test. That's the if-then statement for programmers. If he pitches for Atlanta, yes, you use him. That's that's where I'm at with these guys. Maybe it's just out of yeah. selfish desperation, <laughs> looking for wins in multiple leagues. But even the one I have, Carlos Rodon, I'm, I'm dead last in wins in that league. Dead last. Uh, and I probably can make up four points the rest of the way, and that's if everything goes right. Yeah, I mean, Allard's a guy that I actually really liked when he was kind of coming up to the minors. Um, and... Uh, he just really, really struggled with walks and home runs. Uh, now he uh, he has done a better job in recent seasons with the walks. It's still there's still been homer issues, but again, Cleveland's a team uh, that uh, so far, well, I only pitched six and two thirds in AAA before being called up, so he must have been coming off of an injury. But uh, no home runs given up yet in the minors or the majors, so. Uh, I guess that's a that's a good thing, and you're going up against Cleveland, like you said, doesn't like the home run or doesn't like to hit home runs anyway. So, uh, might be a good time to stream. I prefer him over Soroka. I like Mike Soroka. I'm going to probably be in on Mike Soroka next year as kind of a, a cheap uh, pitching option, but he just doesn't get enough strikeouts to matter in fantasy, especially now halfway through a season, he can't volume his way into being valuable. Uh, yeah. So I'm not as big of a fan of Soroka unless you're just kind of win-seeking, like you said. Uh, final guy to talk about is Ronel Blanco. Again, this is just a, you know, a streaming pitcher that we're attacking the matchup because uh, Ronel Blanco is getting, uh, I believe he's getting the Rockies. So now I'm looking at the, uh, the probable starters. Is he not getting the Yankees? I might be wrong on this. Uh, or sorry, uh, getting the the uh, the, uh, the Rockies on the road. Um, I thought he was, but I'm I thought not, he was too. But now I'm not seeing him. 
Yeah, I'm not seeing it now either. I'm seeing, well, no, Valdez got, maybe he is because Valdez got pushed back. So I don't think Valdez is making that start on the fifth. So I think that's going to okay. be long for the start. Okay, so if he does get the uh, the Rockies, uh, who are uh, starting their first uh, road uh, series. Oh, wait, take that uh, back. No, no, he's not getting it. He just got optioned to the minors this morning. All right, well, then that just, is going to wrap I us up. For it, I just saw a note that Sean Dubin is now up, and Sean Dubin is getting the start. He is, he is starting today. So Sean Dubin's facing Texas. And they've now moved JP France and Framber Valdez are getting those starts uh, against Colorado. All right. Well, that, that answers that question. So uh, that's going to wrap us up for this episode, I guess. Uh, a little bit, like I said, a <laughs> mediocre fab uh, run. Uh, hopefully that tides you guys over for two weeks. Jason and I will be back in two weeks. Uh, what else you got going on? Uh, where can people reach you on social media? Yeah. Uh, so hanging out on Twitter, as long as this stupid thing works. Uh, also waiting to sign up for a Blue Sky account because I have an invite. Thank you, Jessica. Uh, just waiting for them to reopen uh, sign up so I can uh, hey, play around. Send, send me send me an invite once you get one. Uh, I can get one in. I just need a site that's not going to, that pays its bills. Uh, and so they don't have problems clearly. with uh, DDoSing themselves as they did yesterday. Uh, so yeah, doing that and, uh, need to figure out writing topic uh, this week. My last two collect calls have been about the expiring contracts or player options for pitchers and hitters, looking at what the trade market is going to look like. And so I can honestly see the next few pieces being trade evaluations, uh, as we, uh, as some things hopefully start happening. I mean, I would like, I talked about this with, with Todd and, uh, and James on the, uh, the final fantasy baseball show of the season on XM yesterday, by the way. What a load of shit. Uh, anyhow, uh, <laughs> talk, to, talk to him about that. It's like, you know, and this applies to fantasy baseball too. If you can make that trade now, there's more time for that player to have an impact on your roster, whether it's fantasy, whether it's real. And so like these teams waiting it out until the end, there's only so much, only so much they can do. And, and yeah, there are a couple divisions where some of these teams have big leads and whatnot. Uh, it still doesn't matter. Uh, you know, you got to get you know comfort level, all these different types of things. I would love to see some more trades and do what Kansas City and Texas did. Do that now. Hopefully, that lights a spark and we see some of these things because uh, you know looking at some of these teams and like we mentioned the Padres, it's like they have to get on a heater and they it's got to happen now. And every you know, watch the Padres and you know, Joe Sheehan did a great job about this in a recent newsletter. They're terrible offensively. All the talent they have, and they are the worst team in the league with batting average of runners in scoring position. The absolute worst. They are 25 points below Oakland uh, and, and Detroit. Like, think of your team and like, oh, they suck with runners in scoring position. They don't suck as bad as the Padres do. Uh, and so I would like to see them. They'd be like, Preller is like, all right, you know, I haven't made a trade in a while. Time for me to do the whole Jim Carrey fingers thing, stretch up my fingers and sit down and start typing out offers. It is time to do that. And let's, let's, get some movement happening uh, and so we can see what happens with the rest of the season. Uh, Igor Yashmi on Twitter, at just amazing FWFB. Um, if Twitter still exists by the time this is posted. <laughs> I literally just signed up for Mastodon, signed up for a post. Uh, uh, I put in a wait list request for Blue Sky. So if you have a Blue Sky invite uh, code that you'd like, like to send me, feel free to... Uh, uh, hit me up on uh, via DM on Twitter, just missing FWFB, or email me, just missing fantasy at gmail.com, uh, because I'd like to check out the blue sky and see, see how that's uh, going on. Because <laughs> Twitter is 
insane right now, unfortunately. I just, I, I just hate I'm, the fact that every time I go into a reply, it's like all I see is blue check marks first. Like, I'm looking for other people, and all I see is like this, 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 and most of it's garbage. And then I'm like, I'm out, losing interest, uh, moving well, on. I, I need to see. My wife is going crazy because, by, you know, she hadn't seen like the whole like living non-blue check mark accounts to viewing 600 posts a day or whatever it was. Um, and she hit that market like 10 o'clock in the morning or something like that and could not see anything on Twitter after that. Well, that was, uh, I mean, it was just yesterday and that comes, I mean, they were basically DDoSing themselves because it was, mm -hmm. it was making calls to servers that they either hadn't paid the bills for, or they had shut down and the people who set the work up were gone. Uh, and so there were a few TikToks and different people are like, Hey, let me show you what the, let me show you what was happening. And it really came down to just being cheap. Uh, and you know, eliminating people that actually knew what the configuration was. So let that be a lesson to um, business stuff. But uh, it appears to be working fine this morning. But it was, I'm looking at it yesterday going, oh, you got to be kidding me. Um, yeah. Especially with like free agency, July 1st, free, free agency in some certain sports. Like my son was trying to track hockey stuff and it was driving him nuts. Yeah, no, it's it's uh, not good business practice. But uh, you can read my uh, written work over uh, on Fangraphs and Fantasy Pros. Uh, I'm record here and uh, the Friends Fantasy Benefits podcast as well. I'll be taking off the entire week of the All Star break. So uh, if you're looking for questions or answer questions or read articles of mine uh, during that time, I won't be around. So, but uh, you and I will meet back up in two weeks. Uh, hopefully so uh and then we will uh continue to take you through the rest of the season for jason myself thank you for listening have a fantastic baseball season yeah have a great safe weekend everybody